Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. I want to thank my listeners who come from around the world and listen to the words of wisdom from our authors. And today joining me from Boulder, Colorado is Nate Klimp, PhD. Nate and his partner, Eric, have authored a new book. And I have to say, this is really a wonderful book for all of my listeners out there. Uh, the book is called Start Here, but it's about mastering the lifelong habit of well-being, a groundbreaking science-based uh, program for emotional fitness, uh, a program um, that Eric and Nate called the Life XT Training System. Good day to you, Nate. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on, Greg. It's just great uh, to be here. It's a pleasure having you on. And um, I actually ha- uh, met Nate through a very good friend, uh, Bo Parfait. And Bo happened to be a guest on my show a long time ago, and our relationship grew and grew and grew. And uh, he recommended Nate come on and and talk about Start Here. So, Nate, I'm going to let the listeners know a tad bit about you. He's a PhD writer, philosopher, and entrepreneur. Uh, And along with uh, Eric Alungshore, he is the co-author of the New York Times bestseller, Start Here, Mastering the Lifelong Habit of Well-Being. The Simon and Schuster North Starway book. You can get this on Amazon, Kindle. It's downloadable. He's also the co-founder of Life Cross Training, which is called the Life XT, a company devoted to training the skills of happiness and promoting well-being. And provide. And prior to creating Life XT, Nate worked as assistant professor of political science and philosophy at Pepperdine University, uh, where he won the university's top teaching award for his work teaching and mentoring students. Nate holds a BA and an MA in philosophy from Stanford, where he graduated with honors uh, in ethics in society, and a PhD in political philosophy from Princeton. He's also the author of The Minority of Spin, Redrick and the Christian Right, a book with Roman and Littlefield Press on the ethics of Redrick and Spin. Well, Nate, you've been around. You've obviously are very well educated. You have a, a wonderful uh, book here. But, you know, in the book, you start this book off and you speak about how our brains are kind of still pre-programmed in a prehistoric way with prehistoric instincts. But we're living in this modern, always on, fast-paced world, everything happening. We're being bombarded with media. We're being bombarded with all kinds of things that are vying for our attention. And our coping mechanisms uh, really haven't changed that much. How does the program Life XT help the listeners become more focused, less stressed, and happier, as you say in the uh, preface of the book? Yeah, that's a great question. And thank you for the, the bio as well. That was wonderful. So in Start Here, we we begin with this premise that in many ways, we, we haven't actually changed that much biologically from our prehistoric ancestors. Back in the day, we were really wired for survival situations. If you're out in the savanna and, and you see a lion approaching, our biology is built really well to deal with that situation. We're built to, to you know, fight, flee, or freeze in that situation. Now, however, our biology is pretty much the same, but our cultural and social conditions, as you pointed out, are totally different. 
We're bombarded with media. We're not really vying for survival anymore, but instead we're experiencing constant distraction and this onslaught of information. There's actually a great study that Kleiner Perkins did showing that the average person checks their cell phone 150 times a day. So if you think about that, that means 10 times every waking hour you're reaching for your phone. And as a result, we live in this condition where that same set of mechanisms, biological mechanisms for responding to stress are being activated at a low level again and again and again and again throughout the day. And so it's, it's not, you know, it's not as though we're actually running from a lion all the time, but those mechanisms are firing all the time when we have stressful thoughts or when we're in stressful situations. And what that does is it, it anchors our level of happiness at what psychologists call the happiness set point. And what that essentially means is that our level of happiness in the absence of any sort of training is pretty much fixed. It, it doesn't change throughout our life, even if we have something great happen or something really bad happens. And so life cross-training, the program we've developed, is, is really about learning the practices that are validated by science that you can do to begin shifting your habits and shifting that happiness set point and really learning how to cope more effectively with all the stressors that we face in modern life. Well, it's wonderful, and you have a great diagram in the book about the stages that you've actually created. And, you, you know, again, speaking about this biological set point for happiness, um, you say these three set point forces that affect our happiness are, and, and these are actually Buddhist precepts, by the way, judgment, attached, attachment, and resistance. How do you work with clients to help them reset the set point for happiness? And in particular, when you look at, you know, your attachment to an outcome, your judgment of yourself and your judgment of others, and your resistance toward change, obviously those three things are key to changing a happiness set point, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a great question, and, and just to, to elaborate on that a little bit, these three forces, judgment, attachment, resistance, if you start to watch your thoughts and start to watch your mind, you'll notice that almost every thought is somehow connected to one of these three things. So judging, we're either separating our experience into categories of good and bad. Mm -hmm. uh, attaching, we're trying to get more of the good or clinging to the things that are good in our life, our relationships, our money, things like that. And then resistance is how we react when we judge something as bad, right? We, we push it away. We, you know, um, we, we kind of cringe at the thought of it, whatever it is, we're, we're creating this pattern of resistance. Um, and really the way that you can start to unwind these forces, and, and this is, an insight that comes to us both from ancient wisdom, the Buddhist traditions, and many other spiritual traditions, but also what we're learning from modern neuroscience is beginning to loosen the uh, identification that you have with these patterns of the mind. So let's just look at meditation, which is really the, the first and perhaps the most core practice of life cross-training. Meditation really helps you uh, create a bit more space in your mental experience. So it's not really getting rid of thoughts. It's not getting rid of judgment. It's not getting rid of attachment. 
but it's helping you have a little bit more perspective and giving you a little bit more space so that when that judgment comes through, you can actually see it as a judgment. And, and that gives you the ability to become less caught by those, those uh, impulses of the mind. And it sounds subtle, but it, it's really a powerful thing. I mean, uh, you know, if you, if you judge something as horrible and, and it incites this reaction of anger and through meditation, you're given the ability to take a step back and, you know, really pause before reacting, that can, that can save relationships. I mean, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, in those stages, you talk about, um, you talk about meditation, movement, and inquiry, which you say in the Life XT program that that is the most important stage. Um, can, can you tell the listeners, um, you know, how it is that you help them lead lives that are infused with, you know, obviously meditation improves focus, it decreases stress, and an outcome should be happiness. Um, what is the, what are the uh, situations with relation to movement and inquiry? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and really the, the idea is that we have this first stage of training, we call it the train stage, where these are practices, they take a small amount of time out of your day, but if you can build them into habits, each of those three practices, meditation, movement, and inquiry, have a really mm -hmm. powerful effect. So getting to movement and inquiry, um, you know, as we all know, regular exercise and movement is it has incredible health benefits. And we most of us know about the physical benefits of movement. But what we're learning now from advances in neuroscience and psychology is that regular movement and exercise also has this profound effect on the brain. So it in increases our uh, capacity for learning. It leads to enhanced productivity. And one of the, the best things about it for emotional well-being is it improves our resiliency to stress. So when you exercise, and particularly aerobic forms of exercise, it creates a kind of break on that cascade of stress hormones that we talked about that, you know, arise due to our primitive wiring. So exercise so, so puts affects, a break on that. So it affects cortisol? Yeah, it affects cortisol, and it also enhances mm -hmm. mood. There was a really interesting study in 1999 at Duke where they found that exercise was actually just as powerful as Zoloft in terms of uh, reducing the symptoms of depression and increasing mood. So mm -hmm. to me, that's a big idea, right? This idea that we can exercise and it actually changes our brain chemistry and, and has all these mental and emotional benefits. Right. Um, and in the program, we just recommend, you know, start wherever you're at. Some people already have exor an exercise program. For other people, maybe you start with three days a week. Um, so, so that's exercise. And then with inquiry, this is one of my favorite practices in life cross-training and it's really based on this idea that goes all the way back to Socrates and many of the ancient philosophers, that when we believe our stressful thoughts and our stressful stories about the world, we suffer. And that we have the ability to question those stories. And when we question them, we often see that, you know, these thoughts and these stories that generate so much stress aren't even true. And so, so what we offer there is a technique which came to us through Byron Katie called The Work, that gives you the tools for systematically questioning stressful thoughts 
And, and I have to say, you know, I've, I've done this a lot in my own life and it's amazing when you do this, it, there, there's this uh, feeling of freedom, you know, and, and uh, a kind of expansion of your awareness that, you know, a lot of, a lot of what causes us stress is, is just a story. It's not even true. Well, yeah, we, we like to make things up and then we like to believe what we make up. And most of the time it's not true. That's why I yeah. tell people, you know, so, you know, exactly. you live in a, you live in a world of making things up and then making yourself stressed over, you know, they've proven that 90% of the stuff that constantly persists in your mind never really comes about. Right. Um, so you're, you're spending a lot of mental energy and physical energy focusing on things like that. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, uh, but George Leonard, I happen to be honored to interview him. Uh, he and his partner started Estelon, and they had a thing called Integrative Transformative Practice. And interestingly, in ITP, uh, it's very similar to some of the things that are actually, it's quite similar to the things that you're recommending inside uh, Start Here. Um, now, you have what you refer to as the be and do stage, and that these stages are integration stages. They're integrated. Could you speak with the listeners about being, which is presence, gratitude, compassion, and the do stage, which is engagement, relationship, and contribution? I know we speak about in this world a lot about you know, what we have to do. And the challenge is the gap between being and doing. So how do you blend that together and integrate it and give people uh, more of a balanced lifestyle there? Yeah, that's a great question. And the, the idea of the program is that there are these three practices in the train stage that you do every day, and they, they require a little bit of time. But then we have these two other stages, be and do, where the idea is that these are things you can integrate into your everyday life. So these are not things that take any time out of your day. Instead, they're, they're really habits of attention that you can begin to build that take no time. They're ultra efficient. And the idea behind being and doing is that really to live an optimal life, what we're looking for is a balance between these two. So as you said, being is kind of this state of presence, you know, being in the moment, um, that exquisite sense of, of just being alive. Doing is offering some sort of contribution to the world. And what we found is that people often get caught on one or the other of these, of these uh, sides of the polarity. So, you know, I, I know some people who go to yoga retreats all the time and, you know, maybe they, they end up in Bali for a couple months and they're really, really good at being. Right. But they're they feel a little bit empty because they haven't offered a contribution in their life. Um, and likewise, there are a lot of people I know, probably more who are caught on the doing side of the spectrum where every day it's just this litany of tasks that they're going through. And it's just, you know, constant doing and rarely, if ever, do they take a moment just to be. So the, the big idea here is that what we're looking for is really a balance between those two, where you can train the skill of being aware and in the moment while also offering some sort of contribution through your work or through your family. Um, and that's really the, the goal of these final six practices in the Life Cross Training Program. Well, you tell a great story about Michael J. Fox in there and his great contribution 
to raising money for Parkinson's. I, I don't even remember the amount of money. But if you would, just tell our listeners what he said about life before Parkinson's and life after Parkinson's as a way to speak about how his contribution, you know, this element called contribution, really has monumentally changed him. Yeah, it's a really interesting story, and he's got a great book about it called Always Looking Up. But the basic story is that he was a, obviously, he was a television star. He was very wealthy. He lived this great Hollywood life, you know, the, the life that many of us idealize. And one day he woke up and, you know, his pinky finger was twitching. And he found out after a year or so that that was Parkinson's and, and that sent him on this journey into a very different kind of life. Um, you know, and there was obviously a lot of physical and emotional pain that went along with that. But what he says is that that as, as kind of traumatic as that was for him, it actually woke him up in a way that he was, he was living in this very materialistic state where he was disconnected from family, disconnected from community, disconnected from a sense of a higher purpose. And so this disease actually brought him a greater sense of joy. And what he says that's really remarkable is, you know, if you gave me the choice to go back to my old life without Parkinson's or to live with this neurological condition, I would, I would choose Parkinson's, which I just thought was, you know, what an amazing story. And, and really what that's about is the power of contribution, because for him, it brought him to this place where he was more engaged with a community of people and, and helping people and, um, and that brought more meaning to his life. Yeah, it's it's a great story in the book. You you don't dedicate a lot to it, but it it was just a wake up call for me. You know that here's somebody with a uh, a disease that's taken over their life, and they're saying that the contribution I'm making now is greater than the contribution I made before I had this disease, even though I know the outcome of it. And he's willing to continue to fight it and raise money, which is fantastic for all of those folks out there with. Parkinson's. I have a brother that's got Parkinson's, so I know. Now, if you would, speak with the listeners about this notice shift rewire technique that you train people with and what outcomes can be expected by practicing this new take technique. I mean, this is really all about awareness. Um, and yeah. the greater you create awareness in your life about you know, observing self, what you're actually doing, the opportunity to rewire your neural pathways are certainly uh, very much attuned when you're aware. But when you're not aware, can't do much. So speak with our listeners about the technique you guys have developed and, and or have come up with and that you're using in your uh, LifeXT training. Yeah, great question. One of the key themes in this book is the idea that well-being is a skill that can be trained. Another of the key themes is that the way we train this skill is by learning how to direct our attention. William James is a famous 19th century philosopher, and he has a great quote where he says, my experience is what I agree to attend to. And what he means by that is that where we place our attention has a huge impact on how we experience our life. So that's really the, the baseline insight behind Notice Shift Rewire. 
And Notice Shift Rewire is a tool that we created because what we found is that, and that's a really simple insight, right? This idea that you can redirect your attention and you can change your experience, but it's actually incredibly difficult to integrate that into your life, right? So you, you read all these books about presence and, you know, be in the moment, uh, and it's a great insight and, you know, great advice. But at least in my experience, it's incredibly difficult to do, right? You can wake up at the beginning of the day and say, I'm going to be present all day. You know, I'm really going to be in the moment. And then 10 minutes later, you're, you're lost, right? You're in your ordinary habits of mind wandering and distraction. And, and right. that's how you spend the rest of your day. So, so really, Notice Shift Rewire is a tool for um, redirecting your attention throughout the day. And the, the basic idea is that the first step is to notice. So Notice that you're lost in thought, lost in mind wandering, caught in a stressful emotion. And noticing is really the key because without that awareness that you're, you're caught, it's very difficult to change. The second step is to shift, to redirect your attention to a more productive quality of mind. So it might be a practice like gratitude or a practice like presence or compassion and then the final step is to rewire. And the idea behind rewiring is that we spend just about two breaths or 15 seconds integrating that experience, soaking it in, and just, just building the neural pathways. And what we've found is that it's impossible to be present, for example, throughout the entire day. But it is possible to use everyday life cues as a reminder to be present. So in our program, we use showering right? Which, you know, it sounds kind of funny, but if you think about it, every day we shower, it's the last place in modern life where we're free from cell phones, right? Unless you have like a waterproof cell phone, there's no way to check your phone in there. And um, it's a perfect place to just develop this cue, this, this um, you know, sort of mental trigger where every time you walk into the shower, you take four breaths and you focus your attention on the present moment. And the more of these micro habits that you build into your day, the more you start to integrate and stabilize these experiences so that they're, they're something that happens every day and not just something that happens, you know, when you read a book on gratitude or a book on presence. Definitely. You know, you speak also about the state, the key shift from doing is from surviving to thriving. And then when we thrive our work days, uh, we basically, they don't feel like marathons. How do you assist people to move from surviving to thriving in this doing stage? That's a great question. In the doing stage, we have a practice called engagement, and that's really the, the core practice to address what you're talking about. So we think of engagement as the state that we experience when we're so focused on the task at hand that it's almost as though time we, our sense of time dissolves. We're totally in the moment. It's the state that Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, the, the psychologist, calls flow, where we're just completely in the moment, also called in the zone, right? We have all sorts of names for it, but everybody's experienced this. And the question becomes, how do you experience more of that? Or how do you arrange your life and your days so that you can be more engaged? We have a, a couple practices, but the two main tools we use are, the first one is a tool called the offline 30. And the idea here is when you're at work, take 30 minutes, or it could be more, it could be 90 minutes, it could be 60 minutes, turn off all of your devices, 
turn off your cell phone, turn off your router if you have to, so that you can focus and be fully engaged in your work. And we find that for a lot of people we work with, so we deliver this training program at, at places like Deloitte Consulting and Kirkland and & Ellis, uh, the law firm. We find that just doing that can lead to not only more of this experience of engagement, but also increased productivity. And then the second thing is a tool called Sprint and Recover. And this is really important. There's a, a kind of culture in this country where we think of work as this marathon and you know, that the goal is somehow to, to sit at your desk for as long as possible. And, and what we know from the science and just our own experience is that engagement requires this oscillation between moments of intense focus and moments of rest and recovery. So the idea here is to really think about your day and to begin to integrate these periods of sprint and recover so that you know, you're able to focus really intensely for 45 minutes or an hour, and then you're able to allow yourself a little bit of rest and recovery, which could be just getting up, stretching, walking around the office. But those, I, I would say, are, are two of the most powerful tools for really shifting from that mode of survival to, to thriving, you know, where work becomes fun and playful and, and a little bit more effortless. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, talk about that. And Obviously, there's a need to get up from your desk. Um, I know I work at a standing desk most of the day, but yeah, there's a huge great. there's a huge need to move away from the computer screen. Not only, um, you know, the I guess it's the blue light that's coming off of it as well. Uh, obviously, that can inhibit. I know people that work late at night and then try to go to bed. That's an issue. Um, so obviously, you want to get away from the screen. You want to do some movement. Um, as Nate is say, saying, now you have so many people that have given you accolades and it's kind of the back of the book. You give some statistics about, um, the, the people's lives that have been changed, the percentages of change in these areas. Can you talk with our listeners about the kind of results you've had? You call it the cumulative life XT training uh, approach, but the results that they've had out of this life XT cross training has been pretty phenomenal. And you guys have been compiling some data. So can you talk about, Hey, if I implement these, if I'm out listening and I buy your book and I can actually, you know, start to do some of this, what might I expect? Absolutely. As you mentioned, we're really interested not only in giving people the tools to change, but also giving them the tools to measure where they start and where they end up. And this is really, uh, you know, an insight that we got from looking at a lot of trends in, in physical fitness, this idea of the quantified self of not just working out, but, but also measuring the benefits. So we created an assessment tool with researchers at University of Chicago, Kellogg Management School, and also Stanford University. And this tool helps us measure well-being across about 15 different dimensions. So when we offer this training program to companies, we'll have them take this assessment before and then after. And it's allowed us to measure the benefits of some of these practices. And it's been really incredible. So we've, we've measured a 26% increase in productivity, 43% increase in energy, 33% increase in happiness, and a 23% decrease in stress. And these are really 
in some ways, preliminary results, because what we want to do is continue to expand this measurement effort and this tool. And obviously, the more people we have taking our assessment, the the more accurate it becomes. And and the real vision here for us is to be able to use that data eventually to offer people a customized set of practices that will help them in their particular situation with their particular needs. So that's really the the dream of life cross training is to get to that point where we can offer you a kind of customized recipe for your own personal happiness. So Nate, is there some place that people can go on the web to actually take an assessment uh, in conjunction with the book? I know you have uh, for them. We'll obviously have a link to the website for them, um, which is life xt.com. Um, but are those assessments available for the listeners? Yes, we have a, a version of the assessment available at life-xt.com. There's a button okay. that says test your resistance, something to that effect, or resilience, sorry, not resistance. Right. Um, and, uh, and then we also are just about to offer the full four-month training program that we offer to companies, to um, you know, everyday, ordinary consumers, and that's going to be up in about a couple of weeks. And through that program, they would they would be able to take the full version of the assessment. Okay. And what does that uh, online version, uh, what's the investment that an individual would have in something like that? Right. So the we have a, a four-week program right now that's totally free, that's just about training the skill of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. You can sign up for that by going to starthere.life. So that's totally free. And then, you know, if you decide, wow, this is great, I want to keep doing this, we're offering this uh, immersion program for uh, $250 is going to be the price. And, and as I said, that's that's not available yet. But if you sign up for the free course, by the time you finish that four-week course, you'll be able to get information on it. Okay. So you and your partner anticipating having that done in about a month or something. It'd be right. Yeah, actually even sooner. It'd probably be a couple of weeks. Okay. Super. So Nate, it's been a pleasure having you on inside personal growth. I'm glad we had this opportunity to share. Um, obviously some of your wisdom about mastering the lifelong habit of well-being. uh, for my listeners, uh, we've been on with Nate Klemp. The book is called start here. Uh, a groundbreaking science-based program for emotional fitness. Um, This book is extremely well-written, easy to read, opportunity for you to see some diagrams about how the Life XT training really works and the stages that that, uh, Eric and Nate have created, but really, really a wonderful opportunity for you to start in the transformation of your life into more happiness less stress and feeling good overall. Anything you want to leave with our listeners today, Nate, as far as uh, uh, practices or an idea or thought? Well, I might just leave them with this practice of notice shift rewire that I described earlier and just see if you, what happens if you play with this throughout the day. Notice when you're caught in stressful thinking or a stressful situation and shift to what we call the four by four breath, just four counts in, four counts out, do four breaths like that, and then rewire by taking a moment just to savor it. And I would just invite everybody to try that once a day, 
So once a day, four by four breath, notice shift rewire. And I think it'll be a really interesting experiment and, and you'll begin to experience some of the benefits that you can enhance upon um, through the program. I think what's great about it is, Nate, is that this is about practice. You know, every good book has an opportunity for people to practice something or change something in their life. It's one thing to read words on a page, and it's another thing, as you say, to go into the movement and the activity associated with, whether it's meditation or inquiry or whatever it might be. And your book uh, guides them in that direction. I want to thank both you and Eric for putting out a wonderful book. I want to thank you for being on Inside Personal Growth and spending a few minutes uh, with our listeners. Thank you, Greg. It's been a real pleasure. Appreciate it.